turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to continue with the armor of God. We're going to look at the shield of faith today. How many know you need faith? Amen? So, so important that we just walk out our faith each and every day. I was talking to Phil Kimmer. He's back. He went to Texas to see a, another grandbaby, and uh, thinking maybe he flew down there. He said, no, we drove. That's a long drive to Texas. But grandbabies are worth it. Uh, so... Anyway, yeah, Ephesians 6, going to keep reading here. Uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil, in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. How many know things are getting evil all around us? Stand in the evil day. Having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So, Lord, help us as we look at the shield of faith today to understand how important it is for us to have faith as we walk out our destiny, God, the road that you have laid before us. Help us, Lord to be men and women of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. I love it when we we come together and we think about things that are going on. Now, a lot of folks are on vacation today. They've texted me, called me, hey, Owen, we're going to be out of town. I get it, Memorial Day weekend. Um, But I'm one of these guys that uh, I've got to go to grave sites of family members, and I have to put flags on them. Uh, on the gravesite there because I just praise the Lord for their sacrifice and, and what they did. Shaloi's dad was a Korean veteran, um, and I have um, another uncle that served in World War II in the Army. I have another uncle that was stationed at Pearl Harbor when that attack took place, and I'm so grateful for those men and women that gave it all. They gave it all for where we are today. This is not Veterans Day. It's Memorial Day. But I'm also very thankful for believers in Jesus. Believers in Jesus that have given their all to Christ, that have been martyred, have died for the cause of the cross. And I'm so grateful for that and all that the Lord is doing in the kingdom of God. And so because we're in a a battle, amen? Each and every day, the devil was doing his best to get you down, to get you frustrated, to get you to where you're turning away from what God has for you. Um, it, it amazes me how easy some people walk away from God. I heard a statistic this week that really just, it really hurt me when I heard it. 
70% of all divorces today are being initiated by the wife. Wow. Women are rising up and walking out of marriages. That's not a good statistic, ladies. And they were talking about reasons why, and women were saying, well, I'm just tired of being married to him. I saw somebody that makes more money, that offers more. Doesn't even matter if they have children. Their statement was, well, this new guy can take care of my children. Isn't that sad? That that's where we are in America today? It goes back to what it says in Matthew, in the last days, people being lovers of pleasure, self-centered, seeking their own. And, and I'm like, that's just another example of that, of, of those things going on. And Jesus, just help us. Keep us focused on what you have for us. Help us to continue. And then I was sharing this with Shaloy. I was listening to a speaker talk about not only the last days, but some of the things happening in this world. Now, this is how ignorant, I don't know that they're ignorant. Maybe I should say how frustrated I am with our government coming across the border. There has been, in the last year, a 900% increase in Chinese-aged men, no women, no children, military-aged men, a 900% increase coming across the border into the United States. They're supposed to go to court in three months, and most of these people, they do not find them after three months. Do you not see China setting up something to attack this nation, to devastate this nation, and we're just saying open borders is not a problem? That should shock. Honestly, you should be calling your congressman, your senator, and if in surrounding counties there is a Democrat congressman, you should be beating their phone down with them just not doing anything and just following the lead of this president when we need to shut those borders down and get back to the things that need to be done and set up. So anyway... When I heard that statistic, a 900% increase. Oh, and don't talk about that stuff. Somebody's got to say something. Because that is ridiculous. We just built a $350 billion brand new FBI facility in Washington, D.C. There's something wrong with this. First of all, that kind of money is ridiculous. Second of all, they have gone rogue in many ways. They're there to help assist police. I'm telling you, we're at that point. We need to just take everything back to the state law enforcement and let them handle the states. And if you've got an FBI uncle or brother, I'm for those agents that are doing the right thing. But there's a bunch of leadership that is so ungodly. And it doesn't matter what president's in. They've, they've, it's gone to their head. 
And power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Amen? That's why you hear me talking about putting on the armor of God, praying, praying, praying. There is power in prayer. This is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. People should be praying, using their prayer language, asking for a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit because America needs a move of God. The quick fix at Asbury wasn't enough. We need more. We need more. We need to continue on. I was listening to some folks talk about the Brownsville revival and how their lives were affected and they went to back to different countries and revival broke out all over and there were miracles taking place. We need that to happen. Amen. I mean, when over, just when Taylor was down there, I, I forget how many, uh, Taylor, do you remember how many countries were represented? 15 or 20 people had come from other countries just to try to get into that school. People were so hungry. And I was listening to a man that was part of the 1970 Asbury Revival, and he said he went down there as an alumni and got in, and he said it was so cool, it was so different than the, the one that he was in in 1970 because this one was more about just worshiping Jesus and, and a few testimonies. But he said still to see what God was doing amongst young people. We gotta have hope, and we gotta keep believing and praying. And uh, too many people have died and shed their blood for you and I to be in this nation today. For us to just bow down and keep worrying about our check and our next cruise or our next uh, vacation or our next, you know, oh, I'm gonna get this car, I'm gonna do this, we're gonna do this, you know, and, and we're forgetting there's a spiritual battle for this nation. The shield of faith. The devil does not want you to fear sin. Come on now. He doesn't want you to fear sin. He tries to make it attractive. He tries to keep us distracted. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. Oh, I want to go get that. The devil is organized. That's what it says here in Ephesians 6. He's organized. He's got rulers. He's got principles. There are things set up. He's got a machine going, folks. It's real. He's organized. There's a plan to subdue you. Hello. He's going to wait. Remember when some of those well-known evangelists back in the 80s got taken out because of their sin? They were in their 50s, 50 and 51 years old when it got exposed and all that was going on. The devil will wait. He'll wait until you get in your 50s or 60s or whatever so that your sphere of influence is bigger so that when he gets you to yield to his temptation, there's greater fallout. Come on, as you get older, you cannot allow your time with God, your prayer, your time in the Word to stop. Man, you got to be faithful. You got to be faithful. We've got people all around us that need to be saved, healed, delivered. But the problem is we're not extending our shield of faith and we're feeling like we're damaged goods. 
Oh, man, I sinned yesterday. Oh, man, I did that. Oh, and the devil constantly reminds you of what you've done. As a matter of fact, I'm going to call five people up here today, and I'm going to let them confess their sin of the last 10 years. Okay? I want you to just lay it all out there. Kyle, come on up. We're going to just start. No, I'm just teasing. But, but if we did that, oh, my gosh. We would look at one another. But you see, the devil is rehearsing that all the time. Amen? And I see some wives whispering in some husbands' ears, well, I could give them yours. I bet you could. So not only do you feel like damaged goods, he's whispering in your ears, this is you, you're a failure, and yes, this area is never going to leave your life. Come on now. You know what? That's a lie from the pit of hell. When the devil tells you that he's a liar, that means you can be set free, and whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. And I'm so grateful for his freedom. The shield of faith. It's so important. You need to be in the Bible. You need to have the truth. Faith is attached to the belt of truth. And remember, the Roman soldiers, not only did they attach to their shield, but when they were in a major battle, they would lock shields. They would clip each other so that they could march forward with their shield as the darts were coming, as the arrows were coming, they could keep pressing on or be able to stand we need each other. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you. Tell him that. We need each other in the body of Christ. So when Roger does the connect groups, the small groups, and, and you're fellowshipping, you're getting to know one another, it's important that we have one another in today's society. I was telling Shaloy, it's so important that you have friends in your life. And I'm not just talking about your spouse. I'm talking about friends that you can be transparent with and make a difference. You know, so really, as body of Christ, we need to be trans. Transparent. We need to be trans. Transparent. Thank the Lord for people starting to get their senses and boycott some of these places. Come on now. They need to feel it. Money's the only thing that's going to talk with them. Hurting their stock, hurting their bottom line. Come on. And there needs to be more of that. Don't go there, Owen. Oh, I could give you a list. Of things, of places I do not go. You see, to have faith, you have to have the Word of God. It's inseparable. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You want faith? You got to be in the Bible. Well, those amens were just few and far between. Don't rely on your mama's faith. Or your spouse's faith. You need to be in the B-I-B-L-E. You need to be reading it. You need to get it in. That will help solidify your faith. Everybody has been given a measure of faith. But I want to tell you something. If you're not using your faith, 
you'll start losing it. You'll get stagnant. And stagnant water is not good. You need a fresh flowing through there. You need movement. Ephesians 6, 16, above all. Above all, that's so important. Tell your neighbor, say this to him, above all. It says in Ephesians 6, 16, if you look at the King James Version, I believe it, it says above all. Paul is saying above everything else, man, you've got to have the shield of faith to walk this battle out. Above all, faith. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Shield in the Greek is thoros. It means a door that is wide and tall. You will be assaulted, but you need a big door protecting you. A shield as big as a door. How many know, man, when you do something for the kingdom or you've blessed somebody, the next day or the next week you get slammed? It's the truth. God does something great in your family. Be ready. I'm not telling you to think about bad stuff, but I'm telling you the enemy comes in to try to sabotage that. He tries to sabotage that. If you fail to give God's written word top priority in your life, your faith grows weak. So the first point today is, as you look at number one, what was the shield of faith? Or what is the shield of faith? What is the shield of faith? The shield of faith is us believing and acting upon the promises of God's word. It's us believing God's word. It's putting belief into what the written word of God says. I believe it. You said it, that settles it. Or you said it, I believe it, that settles it. Those are promises that he gives us and he tells us how to live. Ephesians 1.21 says, Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3. God cares about us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, and he also heals all your diseases. Somebody say amen. amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We've got to be praising God. There's something about praise also. God loves us, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that not good? No matter how many times I fail, if I'm a, a repentant person, and I'm saying, God, I am so sorry, there is nothing going to separate me from the love of God. Amen. 
He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The Roman soldier had two, uh, two types of shields. He had a small one and a large one. The small one was more decorative, and as they were marching through the town and all the people got to see him, it looked really pretty and shiny and all that stuff. It was more of a public show, but the larger one was to be used in battle. So that word I said in the Greek means long and wide. It's a covering. God says, take up your shield of faith. I'm about to get excited here. There's a big shield over me. And when the Lord says, come on, Owen, start marching. Start taking steps. I'm not out to be rebellious. I'm not out to go against things. But I, I am so tired of people buying into the lies that are being shoved at us through the social media, the things being said by politicians. You know, I'm starting to believe that. I heard that a long time ago, you know, that that our politicians are like the ones in Rome, the Senate in Rome. They lie, steal, kill, and destroy. And, and I'm starting to believe that if they open their mouth, they're lying. They're all about saving themselves. I still can't figure out how a little over 600 and some people are leading 350 million people. They say that they want, in the next seven years, 60% of us driving electric vehicles. There's not even the infrastructure to do that, but yet they're telling the power plants to cut their emissions by 90% in the next seven years. You can't cut your emissions by 90% and expect there to be another 60% of these electric vehicles because they won't have the power to supply them. Who is doing this stuff? We have idiots. Oh, you shouldn't use that. No, call a fool a fool, call a mocker a mocker. According to Proverbs, we have mockers in charge. See, even when they put these shields together, they had six layers in them. Tan, animal high, extremely strong and tough. But here's the thing about that shield. As a soldier was out there, he had to oil his shield daily. Oh, this is good. He had to oil his shield. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit daily in our lives. Fill me afresh and anew, Holy Spirit. Direct my steps today. You're the comforter. You empower. Help me to be a witness. Help me to speak forth the truth in love. See, you can speak the truth as long as you're doing it in love. So they had to oil those shields. We need frequent outpourings of the Holy Spirit, fresh anointing. So your faith doesn't become brittle. Come on now. And mundane. I cannot live in yesterday's anointing. Hello? 
Well, God did this and God did that. And God, you know, have you ever been around that person? All they ever talk about is what God did 20 years ago. And that's when we sang the hymns. And everybody wore a tie. It's probably 50, 60 years ago. And the ladies had their hair up in a bun. And you could barely see their ankle. If we would go back to those glory days, and they didn't wear makeup. Oh my gosh, have you seen some of them women? Here's the thing that we need to understand that God blessed in the past. He did some great things, but we can't live there. If you're going to preach to this current generation, you better be anointed with a fresh anointing. And there needs to be signs and wonders coming out of you and insight and wisdom and prophetic words that are right on. That's what God's wanting. You see, these soldiers were prepared for battle. Then, after they oiled them and they let it set a while, they put them in water and they let those skins soak up water so that when arrows came, flaming arrows, when they hit those shields, they would go out. We need that living water flowing out of us. Praying in the spirit, asking God, Lord, not my will, but thy will. People that really are walking in the spirit, they don't struggle with depression like a lot of other people. Because they've proven. Those that have their prayer language that use it, they don't battle that depression. Come on now. Amen. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, we've already talked about that. And gave himself up for her. But my point being here is this is what Jesus did for us. He gave himself up for the church that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. We've got to start believing God for holiness in our lives. Well, you know, and I'm a sinner and I struggle in this area and every once in a while it rises its ugly head and I just go ahead and yield to it. I light up that joint and I go and I have one, I tie one on and I have an affair and I, come on, you knucklehead. You don't justify your sin. You live a life of holiness. You avoid those places. You avoid those people. It's like the father that I did the funeral of his son, his 20-year-old son, that said, I sent him to rehab. I paid for all of it. He got home, and, and he was doing really good. But I looked at him, and I said, it's time for you to get a job, and you need to get back to your apartment. So what did he do? He went back to his apartments where his old friends hung out, 
and two days later they found him with two needles in his arm dead because he tried to shoot up the heroin from where he was when he left there not realizing he couldn't take that much and he died of an overdose and the father said to me Owen you don't send them back to the place they used to be or live where they used to live because those people will be there if you want to be an overcomer you've got to change your friends you've got to change where you go you've got to start trusting God for new things to happen as an alcoholic I don't go to the bars Well, if I don't go to that job, you know what? Trust God for another job. Amen. Trust God for new friends. Don't be getting on those sites that triggered that stuff before. Come on now. Live a holy life. And if you can't, shut your phone off. The world won't fall apart and won't shut down because you don't have a phone. Come on now. These people come to, oh, and I need help. I need help with my rent. Okay, you know, we've helped a lot of people. Um, okay, there's a little form you fill out. talks about your bills. Well, I see here that you're paying $200 a month for cable. And you're paying $150 a month for your cell phone. So let's cancel both of those. What? I didn't come here for my cell phone to be canceled or my, my uh, cable to be I just need help with money. No, see, nobody wants to be held accountable. When my parents, when my dad got laid off, they would shut things down and get rid of things. And we wouldn't go as much and we wouldn't eat out as much and we wouldn't do all these things. But that's, that's like speaking in another language to some of these people today. And I understand, what's, what's the cost of a pack of cigarettes today? Doesn't mean that you smoke, I just need somebody to tell me. Six bucks, seven bucks a pack. And my dad smoked three packs of unfiltered camels a day. Now they weren't that much. But my mom, I remember her saying, you're going to cut back on that, buddy. <laughs> and I remember we used to go to the north into town on a Sunday because you couldn't get liquor on a Sunday. But my dad had these connections. And he would go get liquor on a Sunday. He'd say, don't you boys tell your mom, oh, we couldn't wait to get back tomorrow. <laughs> To rat him out because he wasn't supposed to be buying that stuff but you see we've forgotten that there is a cost to living holy because we don't live for ourselves anymore come on now point number two faith removes the enemy's condemnation when you're living in faith, you don't have to live under the condemnation anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't have to listen to your condemnation. It's amazing how God looks at the heart. 
Psalm 103.12, as far as the east is from the west, so does he remove our transgressions from us. Oh, man, somebody should just stand up and shout right now. Is there anybody had such transgressions when that verse stands out there? You're like, that's me. Hallelujah. Do we have one person today that could stand up and say, as far as the east is from the west, God has removed my sin. Do I have one person? There we go. There's two. There's three. There's four. There's five. I'm just telling you, that is joy there. Oh, and we don't get very emotional at this church. I'm thinking about my boyfriend, my girlfriend. That's why you're in the mess you're in. Because your mind is running with the wrong thoughts. Get in the Word of God. Get the shield of faith up. Trust God to help you be an overcomer. I'm not saying you're going to not have times when you mess up. Taylor, stand up this morning. Adam, stand up. They mess up every day. <laughs> Can I get an amen, Rachel? Can I get an amen, Sherry? Yeah, she's shaking her head. Okay, you guys sit down. Shaloy, stand up. <laughs> we all mess up every day, amen, but are we going to live in our past or are we going to march on to fight? With God going to do so? Come on now. I don't need Holy Spirit Jr. in my house reminding me of all that I've done. Come on. Some of you have taken on that junior role, even in the church. Well, praise God, oh, I, did. I don't know if you've known this or not, but have you talked about to him about where he's been? No, it's never entered my mind. Have you talked to her about what she's been doing and where she's been seen? Uh, no. Well, let me help you out here, brother. You're the shepherd. I must have hung out over my office door, Holy Spirit Jr. <laughs> no, I didn't know he was at the bar. No, I didn't know she was having an affair. But I don't need you bringing that junk to me. See, that's, that's what a gossip. Just pray for him. Pray for him. Oh, my goodness. Reminds me of some of them little old ladies I grew up with in the church. <laughs> They'd shout and dance and do their thing, and every time there was a need, they had a prayer request, but then they'd go around pointing out every sin that they knew about in everybody in that church. I didn't want to be around them. I remember once she'd always say, Pastor, my bursitis is killing me again every Sunday night. I remember my brother and I laying underneath the pew rolling Hot Wheels to one another. And I looked at him and I said, I think Jesus is going to kill her. Because her bursitis is on her every week. My brother goes, roll me the car, roll me the car. Them services went so long, man, we had to roll Hot Wheels back and forth. I, 
I'm not justifying that. We were only eight, seven. I didn't see no joy of the Lord. And I didn't see a lot of holiness. People are watching you. Look at your neighbor and say, people are watching you. Let the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control, the faithfulness come out of you. Let it come out of you. There's something to be said about that. Oh, my goodness. Put the shield of faith up. Faith in Christ, in his truth, should lead to change. Somebody say amen. amen. Faith in Christ, his truth, should lead to change. It doesn't mean you can't laugh. I saw that little clip on TV or uh, on the media the other day, and this kid, he looked like he was a junior or senior, was coming home on the bus from school, and his dad got out there with a little band, and they're playing that song. They're probably lip-singing. School's out for summer, and the bus just stops. And all the kids on their bus are watching, school's out forever. And the kid, he doesn't come out the side he should. He's going around the backside, and he's going around. And the dad goes running over there, school, and he grabs him, out forever. <laughs> now, I thought that was funny when I saw that. And we didn't know. There wasn't much Christian music growing up. So when you came into my bedroom, I had my little 45 playing. And it was playing a song, Smoking in the Boys' Room. I thought it was a cool song. I was 11 years old. And my mom never said anything about it until I went to Pastor Joe Bell's youth group. <laughs> and then we started having burning records and albums and eight tracks because they were all of the devil. And he started educating me about holiness. And he started showing me the alternative of good, godly music. So I went to a group called Servant. I went to a group called Fireworks. They brought a group in called Silverwind. And then somebody gave me an Andre Crouch 8-track. And I thought, now this, this is music. So WLS went off. Some of you don't even know what that is. And the Christian music went on. And I've been listening to it ever since. Because... I was educated about the ungodliness in what I was putting in my brain, junk in, junk out. You see, when a soldier went to battle and he took his shield, he had faith that that shield was going to protect him. He had faith in stepping out with that shield in front of him. He had faith that he could be a risk taker, even with a spear or an arrow coming at him. He had, you see, when you really start walking 
out with the shield of faith, you will become a risk taker. You will start stepping out. You will start trusting God more because you understand if God be for you, who can be against you? Some of you are like, well, you know, mom and dad, a pastor talked about what he used to listen to. Don't be bringing my past up to your future or your present. We didn't have the good stuff in the kingdom that they have now. And I was ignorant of that. My dad never went to church. Not until he was in his 50s. My mom didn't know. She was just trying to survive with four kids. Especially with my brother and my sister, man. Point number three, put that up there. Point number three, how do we live out our faith? How do we live out our faith? We have to renew our minds by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. C.S. Lewis said this, and I'm paraphrasing this. He said, there is no faith that so honors God then the person who looks around and sees no reason to believe in God's care, sees no reason to trust him, and yet goes on believing God's word anyway. A person who does this has the shield of faith. There are times you don't see God moving. There are times you don't even think God's even around. There are times you're just like, where are you? But you trust by faith God's still in charge of the world. Worry, stress, unbelief, temptations, wrong attitudes. Those are tricks that the enemy and lies that the enemy gets you to try to believe. James 4, 6 through 8. But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Everybody say, resist the devil. Come on now, when the devil comes, you got to resist. Oh, this is not a good show. Let me just watch it for 30 more seconds and see if it gets any better. Come on now. Turn it. I don't even want to go there. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Oh, my goodness. He'll be back later. Don't, don't think that he won't. You'll never outgrow spiritual warfare. Can I say that again? You will never outgrow. You, as a believer, you will never arrive. There's always going to be a battle. And what I see in older folks is their mind races and they're constantly thinking about things that could happen that aren't going to happen, but they, they just dwell on it. Oh, I've got a pain in my knee. I think it's cancer of the bone. I kid you not. Oh, 
my neck hurts. It's probably sitting in that recliner way too long. <laughs> or you've been over watching so much social media. But anyway, I think I may have to have surgery. Come on now. As we get older, he will bring the sins of your youth to remind you. I have seen this in the hospital time and time again. 80, 75-year-old men and women, and all of a sudden they know they're about to die, and they're like, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I did that. I'm so I mean, they are just reliving all their sin, and I'm looking at their grandchildren and their children watching and listening to them as they blubber about their sin, not feeling like they're going to make it in. And I finally looked at one man who was a professor. I said, you need to stop. Jesus died for you. As far as the east is from the west, you repented. It is gone. Quit living in this lie from the pit of hell. Finish strong. Somebody say amen. Amen. Finish strong. I noticed that many times Jesus got alone and he prayed. Some of us are scared to get alone with God because we're scared he's going to open... That's what you want him to do. Open you up. Let him him open up your heart and deal with some issues. There's something to be said about isolating yourself in prayer, in your prayer closet. By faith, we commit our emotions and our thoughts to Christ. There's no temptation taken us, but such as common demand. But God, you are faithful and just who will not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able. But with the temptation, provide the way of escape. God, I am battling this. I need a way of escape right now. Quote the word of God back to him. It's amazing. He loves that. And watch what he does. We have to put away ungodly thoughts, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We have to understand that the battle is real. So what do we do when we look at this? We learn that the shield of faith is believing God's word, the promises that he said. What is the shield of faith? Believing God's word. Faith handles the lies of the enemy. When you understand who you are in Christ, And you understand that faith protects you from the fiery darts. And then finally, how do we live out faith? We live it out by allowing the Word of God to be meditated upon. By being a risk taker and trusting God. Stand with me this morning. Remember back in, I believe it was Luke chapter 9. The disciples could not cast the demon out of the boy that was having some type of seizure. And they were like, we tried, we tried. Jesus had told them he had given them authority over all demons. 
that they would go and the miracles that he was doing, they would do, and yet they come back and they said, we could not. And what did Jesus say? Oh, ye of little faith. He reprimanded them because they didn't trust God to do it. They looked at what was happening, what was going on, and they were like, oh man, this one looks really bad. I don't know. They started doubting. There's nothing too big in your life for God to help you overcome. Come on now. There's not a miracle that God can't do in a relationship. As we look at that account and we remember that, we got to remind ourselves that in Matthew and Mark, that many times Jesus said, greater things than this will you do. He talks about it through Paul later on. Greater things than this shall you do. We are to be a people for a time to do greater things. You were born for such a time as this. Yes, things are looking bad. Pray, step out in faith. Watch what God does. Oh my gosh. I envision the time that I run into a senator or a congressman or a VP or the president and I'm like, secret service, secret service, check me, check me. I just want to lay hands on him and pray. Would you allow me to do it? They're probably, oh, they'd never let you do it. You don't know what God will do. Because I'm believing God's going to let me lay hands. And I'm going to come against stuff. And these politicians, I just believe that we have been given the authority. And when they get in the presence of Jesus, come on now. So in the meantime, in my prayer closet, I'm praying the same prayers for them. Believe in God to make a difference just as you should your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your co-workers. God can change them. He can remove them. He can change you. Come on now. Take the shield of faith and believe God for something. I'm going to close with this story. When I was in industry, and they put me in management and they wanted me to learn how production is done, they said, you're going to spend the next two years running a shift. And we're going to send you with one of our seasoned shift supervisors. So they connected me with him, and he was an old Southern boy. And when I mentioned God, he goes, God, let me tell you what God does. My first wife, who was a believer, she went out and had her tubes tied because she didn't want to have a baby from me because I was such a heathen. That's God for you. I never want God. Don't you be bringing Jesus up to me. I'm like, ooh, spiritual warfare. And I'm 23 years old. So I prayed for him every day. Then I said, hey, can I ride to work with you? What? I'd like to ride to work with you. We don't live that far from each other. So I started riding to work with him. And then we started fishing together on our days off. He even tried to slip stuff on me to get me to mess up because I'd never done drugs or alcohol. He tried to slip stuff on me. 
but I caught it every time. He laughed. He thought it was so funny. When I left, he had been transferred to a different state. Nine years later, we stayed in contact. I'd go visit him once in a while. I get a phone call nine years later. Owen, yeah, you know who this is, I do. I've just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. I'm 62 years old. I said, I'm on my way to see you in the morning. So I headed to Tennessee. I went to Knoxville, I went into that room, that hospital room. I started crying and I gave him a hug. I said, I came here for one purpose and one purpose only. He goes, I know. I came here to lead you to Jesus Christ. He said, let's do it. I led him in the sinner's prayer. I spent four or five days with him. Stayed on the phone with him for weeks. Do you know that for the next year and a half, that man visited every church in Loudoun, Tennessee. He stood up and gave a testimony of how much Jesus Christ loved every one of them. Even though he had terminal cancer, he wanted them to know how much Jesus loved them. And when I went down to do his funeral, people were coming up to me. He came to our church. Oh, yeah, he came to our church. The pastor let him speak at this church. And all of a sudden, he had been a bigger witness than I had ever been. Led all kinds of people to the Lord. And I decided to love him in the midst of the persecution when I first met him. And pray for him. And get in my closet and ask God to help me to have an impact in his life. Can I tell you, when I saw what God did, I just wept and rejoiced at that funeral. Because he didn't even tell me he was doing all that. Take up the shield of faith. Believe that God's going to get a hold of them. God's going to change them and he's going to redirect your thoughts and free you with your heads bowed this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he loves you so much. I told Shloy I'm working on this message that I think the Lord gave me. It was all about first fruits. And as they entered into the promised land, God told Joshua, take Jericho, but everything that you gain there goes to me, to God, to his house. First fruits. And we know somebody stole some stuff. And they go to the next city and they got defeated because there was sin in the house and the sin was brought forth by the reactions of the people that had done it. You see, the name of that city that beat them was called AI. I believe if the church will continue to walk in first fruits,
even with artificial intelligence coming, even with people believing all this bad stuff's going to go on, that God's going to give us victory even over AI. Come on now. If we'll keep things in our own house, walking the way God wants us to walk and making sure that Christ is first in every aspect, watch what God does for your children and grandchildren. Some of you are so worried. Don't worry about artificial intelligence. God's got it. But those that don't keep Christ first, they're going to walk in some stuff and AI is going to consume them. Maybe I just preached my message and maybe I should have held on to it. With heads bowed, though, believers praying right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you lift your hand and say, that is me? Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Pray for me also. When I don't know Jesus, I'm here today and I want, yes, that's me. Anybody else? I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Don't want to miss anybody. Heads bowed. Nobody look around. Is there anybody else? Hey, that's me. If you lifted your hand, would you come and stand right here and meet me right here? Don't wait on any bios. Just come on. That's right. Step out. Pastor Taylor, come on up here. Just face me. Just stay right here and face me. Heads bowed. Anybody else? You say, man, I want to receive Jesus today. I want him to be my Lord. Man, you know, heaven's rejoicing right now. Even if at one time they knew him and they don't, and they've come back now, heaven's rejoicing. Is there one more person you say, Owen, I don't know Jesus, but I need to come up there today. Just lift your hand up. I, that is me today. Don't want to miss you. I want everybody to pray this prayer. And when we're done, I'm going to ask Taylor to take you two back here. He's going to give you some information. But this is a day of new beginnings. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how much you messed up. Jesus loves you so much. Oh, my gosh. Whew, he loves us so much. Hmm. Everybody say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. You went to the cross. You died. But you were raised from the dead. I want you to be my Lord. Forgive me now. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, I pray over both of them right now. And I just say, Lord, your word says to believe and receive. I pray for a fresh beginning. I pray, God, for a hunger for your word. I pray, God, for a change in friendships, whatever needs to take place, God, to allow them to just long to be with the body of Christ and to grow stronger in you. We're believing you for that. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you guys go with Taylor just for five minutes, just right around that corner? Can you give the Lord praise? If you didn't come forward and you said that prayer, you know what? You made that commitment. Let us know. But I just want to pray for everybody before you go. You're like, Owen, I've not really put out the shield of faith. I've not armored up. I've not done those things that God's wanted me to do. And I see it now. Nobody looking around, would you just lift your hand and say, man, I just need to extend my shield of faith.
Just lift it up high and say, that is me this morning. Just lift it up high, put it back down. A lot of you, God's going to set you free from those battles because you're saying, I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to let the shield of faith. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to quit believing the lies from the pit of hell. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. So Holy Spirit, you saw every hand that went up. You see them opening up their heart to you. We ask for a fresh and filling. We ask God that you just give them a desire for your word and that your word will penetrate their spirits and their heart will open up. Lord, we repent for not having that. We repent, God, for believing the lies from the pit of hell. But we know that there is now, therefore, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. We're not going to live in our past, but we're going to walk out of here in faith, knowing we're going to be overcomers. And every time we fall down, we're going to get right back up and say, forgive me, I'm moving on, Lord. Bless them and give them a great week in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great day tomorrow.